Emergency preparedness. We talk about it, we think about it, but we don't always do something about it, right? It's one of those things that is easily put off until tomorrow because, well, just because. We all know we're advised to uh, do what we need to do in order to be ready in case of an emergency, fire, flood, storm, hurricane, when the furnace goes out, you know. <laughs> in our homes, our schools, our places of work, really wherever we might be, it is always advisable to have situational awareness, right? to be aware of our surroundings, the environment in which we are. Where are the exits? How do we get out if we need to get out? Where do we shelter in place if that need arises? How to be safe? How to help others be safe as well? This is why we do what we do a couple of times a year here at St. John's when we have both a talking practice emergency evacuation drill as well as a real evacuation drill. The, the first, the uh, talking one is, as its name implies, just talking our way through what does it look like if we were to exit, how does that all come together. But then once a year we actually go through that practice evacuation drill. We get up, we leave, we exit out the church facilities to a designated rallying point outside in order to know what to do in case of emergency. But among faith communities today, there's a sharp uptick in emergency preparedness training of a different kind. Not fire or storm or natural disaster. It's intended to help us be prepared for something we'd really rather not think about at all. What do we do? How do we respond to situations where there is danger or threat of violence? It's real and it happens in faith communities and houses of worship just like it can happen any place. We wish it weren't so, but it is. This is the reality of the world we live in today. And part of family life is helping our loved ones, both in the homes in which we live as well as our family of faith, to recognize this reality and be prepared for it. Emergency preparedness. That is the theme for the message on this first Sunday in Advent. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. The Lord Jesus does speak of emergency preparedness in that gospel lesson for today. He instructs his disciples to do what seems impossible to be ready for the coming of the Son of Man, an event that no one 
not the angels of heaven, not even the Son himself, but only the Father knows when this is going to be. Hmm. The Father knows, but the Son does not. And we may wonder, well, why not? Jesus does not reveal the why here. He doesn't indicate that he is troubled by it or has difficulty with that. So if Jesus himself is okay with that, then we ought to be okay with that as well. Family life can be like that sometimes, right? Parents know things that the kids do not. And they have access to information that they may judge as really not helpful, is not going to be in their children's best interest, at least not at the moment. But as we all know, that can cause problems later on when those children grow up. They may wonder, well, why didn't mom or dad tell me about this family situation? Why didn't they share about this situation, there may be some anger and resentment that comes with that. So maybe our emergency preparedness ought to include this as well. How do we handle flare-ups, disagreements, tension with family members? Truth be told, we ought to do this before Thanksgiving, right? instead of after, because that's when everybody comes together with all of their divergent views and opinions about everything going on, and then all of these people and all their divergent views and opinions sit down to dinner at the same table, and sometimes things go poof, right? How do we prepare for that? Family life. This is going to be the theme for Advent and Christmas preaching here at St. John's. Because as we draw near to the holidays, there can be this expectation that we have for ourselves, for our loved ones or family members, to be the perfect individual, to have the ideal, perfect family life coming together for the perfect Christmas celebration. This is Clark Griswold's dream, right? In Christmas vacation. He just wants to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Y'all know what I'm talking about there, right? With, uh, oh. The angel didn't want to stay on the tree, I guess. So anyway, uh, if you've ever seen the movie, you know his dream does not match reality, doesn't even come close. And sometimes that's how it is with us as well, maybe more often than not. It is an elusive dream. So in the sermons for this season, we'll look not only at our understanding of family, but also at God's. The good news, my friends, here is that God has entered into our world of disappointment and loss and pain and sorrow to bring healing and hope and new life because we celebrate the gift of God's Son who was born of Mary in Bethlehem's stall 
but you see the wood of his manger stall gives way to the wood of his cross from crib to cross. This is how God enters into our world of disappointment and pain and sorrow to give his son who would give his life that we might be his own. As he declares to us, you are my beloved children. Beginning in the cleansing waters of holy baptism, you belong to me through my son's death and resurrection. He tells us that he is our beloved father and that we are his beloved children even when we don't feel like it. The truth remains, we belong to Christ. We are part of his family. We know how to do emergency preparedness for all the contingencies of life, right? We got the spare tire in the trunk of the car. We got the uh, fire extinguisher and the emergency flashlight when the power goes out or there's uh, a, a small fire at home. We've got the first aid kit. We even have one of those in the back of the sanctuary here as well. But how do you prepare for the coming of the Son of Man? What does that look like? Like the people in Noah's day, we may be so overly busy, so preoccupied with going and coming, with buying and selling, with the stuff of life, so distracted that we fail to see and be prepared for that great and final day. Like those people of Noah's day, we're busy with eating and drinking, with marrying and giving in marriage. These things aren't bad in and of themselves. They're part of life. But when they become the sum and substance of life, our purpose for being, then there is cause for concern. The emergency preparedness of the soul is a call to repentance, to step away from that busy distractedness of life, to have a change of heart and mind, to do an about face and start walking in a new direction. This is what Jesus is talking about. And this is what the message of Advent is about. It's not so much wickedness or immorality that Jesus is stressing here in Matthew 24. It is this terrible blindness, this inability to see what is really going on that catches us unaware and off guard when the cataclysm comes. If there is a word that describes life at this particular point in time, I believe it is distracted. 
You may disagree or have another word, but from my observation point, I believe we as a people are very distracted. And that can lead to disastrous consequences. We yield to the tyranny of the urgent. But you see, the urgent is not always the important. What is most important is this truth. Jesus Christ, crucified for our salvation, raised from death for our justification, is coming again to judge the world in righteousness. How then are we to live? Well, our friend Paul the Apostle gives us some pretty clear and concrete guidance here in that epistle lesson for today from the book of Romans. He says, let us cast off the works of darkness, throw it overboard, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daylight, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ as one would put on a new set of clothing. And this takes us back to what happened in holy baptism where we were clothed with the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has taken our own filthy garments of sin and rebellion and given us his robe of righteousness. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Now in this Advent season, but really at all times, we are called to walk in a manner worthy of our calling as children of God. Our family life is rooted in the truth that we have been created in the image of God himself. We have value and worth in God's eyes, so much so that even when we sinned and rebelled against God, even when we wanted to be God himself, God sent his own son to be that once for all sacrifice for our sin, calling us back to the one who made us and loves us. And now we wait for that Lord Jesus to come again. And until he comes again, we walk by faith. We love and serve one another as Jesus has loved and served us. 
The truth is, it is possible to be so caught up in emergency preparedness that the joy of living is taken away, where all a person sees is threat, danger. I do not believe this is how the Lord would have us live, so tightly wound in fearful anticipation that we are really not living at all. We are called to live in this world in such a way that we may always be ready to leave it at the Lord's command, but we are also to live in a spirit of joy and hopeful expectation. As we look ahead to celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation next year in 2017, there are all sorts of Luther stories out there, all sorts of sayings, all sorts of legends. One of these is a saying attributed to him, but nothing from his life was ever recorded as his ever actually having said it. Still, I think it's appropriate for this day, this first Sunday in Advent, and that Luther saying is this, if I knew that tomorrow was the end of the world, I would plant an apple tree today. You might wonder, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? What it means is that Luther knew who he was, and he knew whose he was, and trusting in this nothing in all of creation, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, not even the end of the world itself, could take away his joy because he knew that his future was secure, no matter what. And so he would go right on doing what he would do on any given day, including planting an apple tree. That, my friends, is emergency preparedness. That is Advent faith as we wait and watch for the coming of the Lord. May it be so with us. Amen.